you an athlete, school teacher, or maybe worked in a corporate world? Our careers, they tend to be the way that we identify ourselves. Now, what happens when that identity is taken from you? We found ours in real estate. Now, let us help you find yours on a free agent real estate investing podcast. Starting now. Welcome to the Free Agent Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Stratton Brown. And I am your other host, Michael Butler. Man, thank you guys for joining us, as always. Yo, who's this already on a comment? What's going on, Strat? Whoever you are. I'm coming in hot. I'd love to hear what your name is for whatever reason. Facebook doesn't let me see or YouTube doesn't let us see your names. But, all right, bro, I, I came up with some topics. Okay, let's get it. So we got um, Building Momentum. Okay. A quote that my grandpa told my dad that I think is the worst advice ever. <laughs> I love I love my grandfather. Yeah. Well, he's dead now. And then um, what do we put into it? And that goes with like children. What identity are you telling yourself every day? And then using your company to be able to change your employees' lives. Okay. For sure. Okay. So what do you where do you where do you want to start with that one? You want to do like a check-in first? We want to start with those topics. Um if you guys are in here, you know, before we get going, if you guys are in here, please drop your name in there so we know who's who's watching, uh, who to expect some comments or some questions from so we can make sure that we involve you guys as much as possible. Again, that's kind of how our, our podcast thrives. Um, we like to get as much engagement from our listeners as possible because ultimately we're doing this for you guys. And that's what's going to allow us to bring you guys as much value as possible. What's going on, Micah? What's good, buddy? What up, my man? Um, all right, we'll start with the quote, bro, and then we'll start with the Nobody quote. really cares about our business, bro. They want to see, yeah, it. yeah, man. Let's talk about some shit. Um, oh, my grandfather told my dad, my grandpa was one of the smartest people I'd ever met in my life, like just smart. And he said, If you want to be a millionaire, you need to work a million hours. Mm. And he told him that since he was a kid. Oh. Oh. Yeah. About how awful that advice is. <laughs> Man, that's tough, man. It, it, it's tough because it's it's actually good advice if you're coming from nothing. Because if you've made it to be, well, that's that's tough. And I can't even. Say I that. mean, but it's not like it's good advice. Like, yeah, if you're thinking about hard work. Yeah. But to tell someone you need to make a million hours to make it to be a millionaire, like that's. You know how they say, like, if you if you do something that you love. You never really work a, a day of your life. The majority of people don't do something that they love. I was just trying to make it sound better. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they love what they're doing, and maybe they really are working a million hours. You know what I mean? But since they love it, it don't feel like work. Yeah, bro. Um, it's, it's fucking bananas. I was just like thinking about that and how my dad had been told that since he was a kid. Like, you got to work a million hours to be a millionaire. And then, like, what are, you, what are we telling our children? Mm-hmm. And how are we putting them in their own little box and like telling them like they can't achieve something or it'll be really hard instead of like, hey, no, it's light work, bro. It'll it's be light work. It's light work. You'll be a millionaire pretty easy. You just got to go do this, this, and this. No problem. Honestly, I think I, I'd probably err more on a work in a million hours. I mean, just because, you know, the whole, if you tell them it's too easy, sometimes people take it easy for like, you don't have to do anything. Whereas like, it's easier to tell someone that they're working too hard because then you can show them how to work more efficiently. Or, you know, I mean, it's easy, I think, at that point to mold someone to be less hands on. Um, whereas if you're not hands on enough or you're just flat out lazy, 
it's kind of hard to be like, yeah, I know, I know it's supposed to be light work, but in order for it to be light work, you still got to commit this amount of time or, you know what I mean? It's easier to slow someone down than it is to try to speed someone up. Yes. And so I'm talking about like the way your, the, your family culture that you're raising your children in, right? Yeah. One thing that we always tell is, you know, like you'll outwork everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a part of what we do. Like what I, my best friend, BJ, he's like, I'm a Newman. His dad is the, one of the, I think he's the best business person I've ever met okay. besides Mark and Josh. And um, he is just a fucking grinder up at 3 a.m., gets home, goes to sleep for a couple hours, and then he is back at it working again. Oh, V-O-R-N-G, whoever that is. But, yeah, oh man, that dude threw me off. But with <laughs> that, right? So BJ is like, no, like, and he was ingrained in him that, Newman. that I'm a Newman. Yeah. What do Newmans do? Newmans work we fucking work hard. hard. Even the same right. with my parents. Like, you know, we work hard. If anything, you're going to fucking work hard. But telling someone to work hard and work efficiently at the same time is the best way of teaching them to figure things out. But then, um, oh, wow. Whatever. Um, <laughs> shit. The million hours thing, though. These yeah. fucking random ass YouTube comments from people in Russia threw me off. <laughs> um, that is the way. I just think it's an ab. If you're telling you, you, in a nutshell, we need to be very cognizant of what we are telling our children. Because if you think about that, and then you put that limiting belief on their head that I like, go, oh, I can't be a millionaire if I work a million hours, and they just give up on it all together. Sounds overwhelming. Sounds. I mean, that could sound really That's overwhelming. That's true, and they never really start. And I mean, and yes, if it takes me a million hours to become a billionaire, cool, and I'm prepared for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, just the way of that, and like not being able to use leverage, and like all these other things that have now been shown to me of like how I can become a millionaire mm-hmm. pretty easily. I, you know instead of like even like you said so i guess it is kind of a shitty uh, type of quote to give in a sense because i know now we're more of like um i don't know if anyone's seen um um is it king king richard it's a story with will smith and it's pretty much like a documentary on on um venus and serena williams Uh and so uh will smith plays the dad yeah uh richard and one of the things that i thought really jumped out at me is i believe they had like five daughters and you know it's kind of like on some um, on ball. What's it, Lavar Lavar ball? Yeah, it's like it's kind of like on some of that shit in the sense of just like you know he had you know Venus and Serena in a sense to be tennis players. Like that was that was his vision. That's what he had seen, and that's why they came about in a sense of just even birth. Yeah, and they were he was very intentional on what he put into them in all his girls. Um, and one thing that really jumped out to me was uh, there was a segment in the, in, the, in the show, in the movie, where they were going to bed. And before he cut the lights off, you know what I mean? Like they said affirmations. It was like five yep. or six affirmations that they said. And I thought it was extremely powerful because as we move in our businesses and we start to grow and stuff like that, that's one thing we really start to learn is about like our, your health and your just your mental stability and, and affirmations and, you know, uh, uh, possessing things before you actually possess them. And so when I watched that movie, there's no secret to why they, you know, Venus and Serena became what they became, you know. And again, this is just if you know, you know, type shit, because if you understand how to grow a business mentally and kind of where you need to be, and then you go watch a movie. And this is a this is a part in the movie that they're doing affirmations and shit. When as soon as they get ready to go to bed, when they wake up and all these things, and you're like, damn, like there's a direct correlation to what I'm learning here, what I just seen in this movie and what the product was of that. 
100%. And so I thought that was extremely powerful. And that's one thing that I've picked up from that was just like, well, shoot, you know, what are some affirmations that, that I want to do with my kids? And so in reading in the morning, I wrote down some things that I thought was, was powerful in a sense of just not necessarily you got to work a million hours, but things that I felt like were powerful in a sense of just like, you know, like I love, you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. it all comes down to like, you got to love one another at the end of the day. It doesn't, you know, there's a lot of hate. So, you know, you're going to be someone who loves, you're going to be a leader, you know what I mean? Capable of doing anything, yep. you know? So just little things like that. It may not be, you know, you got to work a million hours to be successful. But that's an, but that's you, an affirmation that you're telling the child consistently over consistently time. Consistently over time. Exactly. And so when you, I believe when you, when you say I love and, and, you know, I'm confident, you know, I'm, I'm a leader, like those things, as you get older and you run into some, some certain issues, just by remembering those things, it will help you through a lot of a lot of stuff, whether it be a business or it be in life or being a parent, being a spouse, you know, things like that. Right. And this isn't to say um, affirmations are going to solve all of your mental woes. No. Right. But with the affirmations, I think it's a lot more you're able to change a child's mindset. To mm-hmm. where now when you're an adult, affirmations don't just work like they just don't wake up and like say some shit. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot of other things that go in. But if you can frame that kid's mind of I am the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. Why are you the greatest ever? Well, because I outwork everybody. Yeah. Right. And like and you can do all those things and they just grow up thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Because what is it? Alan sent me a quote the other day. He's like a man is only whatever preoccupies his mind and nothing else. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's powerful. Like yeah. whatever you're consistently thinking about is what you become. 100%. So if your children are constantly thinking about those affirmations and you can train them that way over time, mm-hmm. they will have a significantly larger step ahead of everybody else just of what's going on upstairs. Because that's I think this is everything. It is. 100%. This, this is everything. I mean, yes, Elon Musk is a completely different level, but he still has a lot of the mindset and like the intelligence is one thing, but it takes a lot more than just intelligence in this game. You know what makes it really difficult is 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 like we just said, like affirmations isn't the all be all type thing, but it but it is because you can say, oh, so I'm supposed to say this, and then this is what comes place of it. Well, no, but when you continue to tell yourself something, you know, at some point you have to start to live it. And when you look at like one of the most difficult things for me as a 31 year old, you know what I mean. Not that I had a horrible life, right? I, middle class, we, we we had a decent decent life, right? And so, but it's it's a lot of you're reprogramming a lot of things that you learned growing up, and exactly. and it's funny because when the whole Black Lives Matter movement started going and stuff like that, and I'm not gonna get political, but you know, you really start thinking about like how we respond as a black man when you when you run into police officers and and little things like that and you really start to think like well why do i feel that way like why do i get so like nervous when they pull up behind me and why are my parents the way that they are when it comes to that and you start to think about it and back in the times where they were raised wild you know what i mean it's completely different than the time that i was raised in and so not that my parents did anything wrong when it came to me and my siblings they're protecting you though they were they raised they us out of fear yeah you know when you get pulled over you don't say nothing you know you do what they ask you don't make no sudden movements you don't talk back we'll handle the rest of it you know when it's all said and done yeah. like i don't know if those conversations take place in other households but i can't say that my parents you know did the wrong thing because their their number one thing in their mind was safety they wanted me to get home that night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so now that we're older, 
I have to start to reprogram those things because the way that I feel about certain things are based off of how my parents felt about them at the time. For most things. So that's what affirmations is. It's reprogramming things that doesn't necessarily fit where you are in your life now. Like I'm a business owner. I'm not necessarily, I'm not middle class, right? And so I can't think the same way that I used to think. And in order for me to change those thoughts, I have to start telling myself something different. Exactly. You, well, you have to 100%. One thing, though, that I am concerned about is that I need to still make my children tough and work hard, but I know they will not be entrepreneurs like me because they won't have the childhood that I did. Yeah. And they won't interpret the way I did, and they won't be a fucking psychopath like I am. Like, <laughs> hopefully I do a good enough job to where they don't end up like me. Because yeah. like, with the majority of entrepreneurs who I meet, there is something that makes them tick that is a dark spot. Yeah. Like legitimately, like there's just a dark place. Like mm-hmm. legitimate athletes, everyone I know who's a high achiever has a dark spot. There's a trauma there. Trauma. Like <laughs> yeah. trauma. Yeah. For whatever reason, right? And so that is, I think, a fascinating point. So like, okay, yes, I'm gonna raise my children to be amazing, but will they really be like savage ass, really good entrepreneurs? They would. Because to of- an extent, but like I mean the drive. Like I'm I'm telling you, like for the like, have you read Relentless yet? No. So Tim Grover talks about like the darkness okay. and all high, high achievers. He was like, these people are fucking insane and wild. And there's a reason John Jones kicks everybody's ass and he goes on a fucking cocaine bender. Mm-hmm. He's like, cause like there's just chaos in there, bro. Yeah. Michael Jordan, chaos, Kobe Bryant, chaos, like whatever else is going on in that situation, there's chaos going on everywhere to where my job as a parent is to grow my children's brains without with this, the little amount of trauma as possible. Because really, you don't meet a lot of second family successful entrepreneurs. So what I will say and what jumped out at me and I was writing it down just so I didn't forget that point. Um, <clears throat> we get to where we were based off of a trauma. With what, we, what we've said, like there's some type of trauma, some type of way that you were raised or just something that kind of just broke through and that became what made you relentless, right? It's what made you put your foot on the gas yeah. and not look back. And so when we talk about raising our children with a better life so they don't necessarily have that trauma, the question is said, can they be as relentless and as successful as we were? Um, and I think the downfall to that is we still don't want to give those type of traumas to our children to still put that in them yeah. so that they can be successful. But one thing that I think that we learn as we continue to become more successful as business owners is that your network is everything and the resources that you have is everything. Yeah. So when you talk about our kids not necessarily having that relentless uh, battle or that trauma, they don't necessarily need the trauma because now they have the resources. So it's not as hard for them to be successful because of what we went through to get certain resources. And now that they have those resources at that point, I think as a parent, our job is to educate our children on how to best take advantage of those resources to continue to expand, right? It may not be how to build a wholesaling business or a virtual assistant um, business from the ground up. How do you take it from a hundred employees to a thousand employees? Because they're, they're starting off at a whole different level than we are. So that they just got to be able to know how to hire the right people to take it certain ways. So my only pushback is that generally when people come into like the family business, they lack the skill set that is needed to get to where they are. It doesn't have to be the family business. And I think that's where a lot of right? us like, sometimes I mean, to where, that's like, where we fail is we assume that they're going to do what we want to do. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then like, okay, the son takes over. Another family member takes over. 
but there is a lack of skill set that has had to be developed to get the company there and then still grow it. Yeah, there's a lot, and then there's a lack of 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 um, there's a lack of pride of what it took to get it there. I mean, I don't give a shit what you say. You know, I pass away and say, you know, this business goes on through my son and he does have a passion in it. And then my grandkids come around. My grandkids, they're only holding on to it because my dad, because my son didn't want to let it drop because it was something that he that he, he realized that I built from the ground up. So maybe it did mean more to my son, but to my grandchildren, it won't mean shit. And like, so they're entrepreneurs, but are they really entrepreneurs? Like it, it goes mm-hmm. into like a kind of a weird dynamic. If mm-hmm. you're a business owner, like, are you really an entrepreneur, entrepreneur who's had to go through it all? So I think and like I think about my dad's company and he inherited it from my grandpa. He worked for my grandpa from when he was like 12 years old and above. And then when my grandpa, when my dad was like 22, my grandpa fell asleep with the will on Thanksgiving and went and turned into a paraplegic. So my, so my dad had to take over a lot of it, right? Mm-hmm. Him and his brother. But still, is it his company? Like at, at 22, right? And you're doing it like that's mm-hmm. his company. If it would have happened at 30, would have been his? Would you have had the skill set? Mm-hmm. Like all these different things to where I think that's really fascinating. And what I've seen is that generally the skills are not there. Yeah. And then there's no urgency to develop the skills. Yeah. So I would say I agree with you. And I think that's why it's it really pays in a sense to to have an idea of why, you know, your why in a way, you know, and and I'm not building something out for my kids to take over. I'm taking I'm building I'm building what I'm building out because I just genuinely love what I do, you know, and it just happens to be very profitable. And I do what I do and I build out what I build to give my children and my grandchildren the opportunity to develop a skill without money being an issue in order to do so. Right. Like, How do you feel about like handing down? Because I've been thinking about it. I was Mm -hmm. like, would I want to have a family owned business where my son steps in? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. I, was, I truly don't think he would develop, if he can develop the skills in the amount of time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, a, and he's turns out to be an anomaly. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But then what if there's three of them? I want six kids. Okay. Now there's six boys. Yeah. Now what? It's like, no, like, I don't, I don't want it. Like let the fucking CEO run it. If yeah. anything, you guys turn into investors, but then like, okay, your, your share is only unlocked when you hit a certain point in time. Yeah. But then what about the people who don't, because not everybody strives either. Yeah. I know one of my kids is probably going to want to be a teacher. I'm going to be disappointed as fuck. They're really? Gonna, they're gonna, they're <laughs> really? gonna make an amazing impact on kids, on right? Kids, but I'm like, bro, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, like you, you can go do so much more. Like, go start a nonprofit, have a real impact, blah blah blah. But what? Okay, so if that is their passion, though, right? So they can teach. But then, so I'm talking. But now, about, teaching like, isn't a monetary thing. They're not, I'm not teaching. I'm not talking about um, monetary. I'm talking about like, okay, like what are the milestones I set for that person <clears throat> in order for them to receive whatever we are passing down into the family? I think it's age. I think I think when I look I back on my life, up fifty year olds. You probably do, but you know what? You, you gotta you're, you're mitigating that risk by doing it by age. Me personally, that's just that's just how I feel. Yes, maybe I was a little bit more mature by the time I was twenty five because I did I was working. You know, we were pregnant with number two. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But like I, I think about that sometimes. That just like you know, if my parents would have left me money at 18, 19 years old, I would have fucked it off. Oh, fucked it all. You know what I mean? But by the time I was twenty five, twenty six years old, if I found out that you know what, hey, we 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 put we put away you know, 500 grand for you, you know, go buy your house or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like whatever that may be, like, I think that's more impactful. Like it, it maybe it's not, you know, that amount of money or maybe it's a little bit less, maybe it's a, you know, $80,000 for a middle-class, uh, you know, citizen. That's a great deal of money that can really change your life and, and change the purpose of what you do sometimes. And so 
I've looked at it in, in ways like that in a sense of what are different milestones in someone's life. Maybe it's when they have their first child, you know, maybe it's when it's when they get married, you know, just little things like that, that I, I'm just, I like surprises. I like gifts. So I would be the type of person that literally won't tell my kids what the fuck they got coming. And they just hit certain milestones in their life. And then fucking someone's showing up at the house. Hey, you got this. Yeah. Well, and nothing against teachers, not, not a slight against teachers, right? Yeah. I'm saying like you have all these different opportunities <clears throat> to go do things. And you choose to be a teacher. You could go start a nonprofit, maybe have a bigger impact. A bigger impact. Right. And you choose to do this. And I'm like, oh, man, mm-hmm. all right. I love you. I support you. Yeah. Um, and then um, your kids won't be middle class. And so they'll never want to live below that means. 100%. So that's the next a standard. Question. We talk about it a lot with like, well, my daughters. Yeah, like, it's good. like the biggest joke in a sense of just like, well, you know, eventually they do get married and stuff like that. And this is, it's a real fine line between like spoiling them. And really keeping them, you know, what I mean, level in the sense of just like as a dad, like, you know, you want the best for your kids, especially your, your daughters. <clears throat> so at what point are you spoiling the shit out of them? Because that's just a high, high standard to live up to. But some of the dopest, you know, girls that I've met in my life have been the most um, humblest, have been the most, you know, sometimes not aggressive, but um, very, very down to earth. If that makes any sense. Yeah, but then, then, but then you think about fucking like their spouse. What mm-hmm. if their spouse is a complete bum? And but they love them. <laughs> like that hurts. All right, no inheritance. <laughs> oh, fuck. Like that, that's a real like. And now that like you're at this place, and we yeah. have to start thinking generation. You just got to learn how to how to identify bums, dog. Like your right, like, kids got to be able dude, to identify bums. My for, for, your kids should never be hanging around bums. At the end of the day, right? I mean, but you say that, and then I know very successful people whose kids turn into heroin addicts. Like, I mean, like, there's all yeah. these different variables to where, like, oh man, exposure though. Exposure. I think exposure mitigates a lot of those when you start to. Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> it, it can increase it or it can mitigate it, right? Um, exposure in a sense of, you know, they know of it. You've had those conversations with them, but also in a sense of like not holding them back. Because a lot of it does come out of retaliation or, you know, oh, I can't, so I'm going to do it or I'm going to try it. And then they try the wrong shit. And then that's what ends up being, you know, bad for them. So I think just understanding that as a parent, like, you know, we can't raise our kids the same way that we were raised because that's that, that really is only how we know how to raise a child is how you were raised. Except unless you educate. Unless you educate yourself on it. You know what I mean? And and I think Dwayne Wade had, had an interview uh, on a podcast before where he talked about um, – he talked about how just as a parent, your, your biggest thing is to, is to really learn from your child for the most part. Right. You still want to be a disciplinarian and stuff like that. But your job is just to love unconditionally. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with, you know, who they what they decide to date, who they decide to date, what gender, what race they decide to date. Like none of that has anything to do with you, because at the end of the day, it comes down to your child's happiness. So how do you best allow your child to be happy? In a safe way, in, in, in a, a safe sense, way. in a and safe not, way, right? Not to fuck it off. Yeah, not 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 to fuck it off. But again, we have one of the questions he asked was, "Am I?" Because his son is a um, I think transgender. Yeah. Uh, so his daughter. I'm sorry. And so he said, "You know, is he against it because it makes him feel uncomfortable, or is it because he's afraid of how people will respond to her?" And it all boiled down to, "It makes me feel uncomfortable." Well, we can't raise our children because something makes us feel uncomfortable because you're afraid you change the way that you raise your child. You know I mean, yeah. your job is just to love unconditionally, whatever that means. If they're happy, 
you f- bump if you feel uncomfortable. They feel 100% comfortable. All they wanted you to do was love. And they said, especially like around transgender, like in, in just gays and Wild stuff like that. Dynamic. But they just said, like, you know, there's there's kids, you know, committing suicide at a high rate. I mean, right just now because of just because of acceptance from their parents. Fuck the world. Their parents. Their parents didn't just love them or or just you don't have to understand it. But your job is to love your child. You know, you know, yet everyone has their views. I get it. Love your child. No, bro. Um, <clears throat> have you seen the new Dune yet? No. So the new Dune, amazing movie that um, as far as sounds go, like has better sounds than Transformers. Mm-hmm. But that is neither here nor there. The dude is like a, and the dude's dad is inheriting an empire and as cheesy as this sounds. Um, he was like, dad, would you still love me if I don't want to take over the crown? He was like, your only job is to be my son and my only job is to love you. Yes. And leave it at that. Yeah. And I mean, yes, that's simple, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Okay, if he doesn't want to inherit it, he doesn't get all of it. But I bet you he does at that point. Yeah, he does. Because it wasn't pressured. Like, how crazy is that? I don't think I don't think I didn't pressure any of my kids to, right? But at the same time, you show your kid, like, hey, if you do this, you can go make $5 million when you're 18, and I'll show you how to make $5 million when you're 18. Your kid's never going to walk away. No. Like, he's, like, at that point, like, he's being brought in on the deals and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a lot of opportunity at that point. Like, would you really turn that down? No, I don't. I don't know a lot of people, whatever class they are, that would turn that down. But then, how do I instill the skill set over a certain amount of time? Like, okay, yeah, you made five million dollars, but it's in the trust for the next ten years. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's your shit, but it ain't your shit. Exactly. <clears throat> Our main man, Jake Tribe called Jake, says entrepreneurship or not fulfillment comes from making a difference in the lives of other people. I. It's true. To an extent. I, I mean, you start I mean, to feel fulfilled with your own life. 100%. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> you just find a way to make a difference in other people's lives. And that'll help. And, and, and if you can monetize it, then that's even better. I'm, I'm talking about like true fulfillment internally. Yes, making a difference in other people's lives. But you still have to like do some self-internal work to feel truly fulfilled. How can you fulfill someone else if you can't fulfill yourself? Right. I mean, you can give away all the money you want. Have no, like. And you still may not feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. I agree. All right. What else we got? Got a bunch of bullshit off YouTube. Right. I need to check my. Is your YouTube connected to this or is it mine? Oh, that's probably yours, bro. Right. Don't put that shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, we're going to have a Forex comment in here. <laughs> hey, we got eight, eight viewers right now. So if you guys are in here, man, go ahead and drop your name so we can see, so we know who's up in here, man. We want to we talk with y'all. I mean, okay, now we can. I was listening to a Russell Brunson podcast. Uh-huh. Um, and for all of you guys who don't know who Russell Brunson is, he took a company from zero to $100 million a year in three years called ClickFunnels, which is pretty wild. What's going on, Chris? Speaking of ClickFunnels, bro, I clicked on it. <laughs> I clicked on it to learn a little bit, you know what I mean? And my shit been blown up with freaking retargeting. They've been retargeting the fuck out bro, of me. That's over. how I know I need to get involved with it because I'm like, bro, this retargeting is real. What's going on, Brian? What's going on, Chris? Chris, Brian, what's up, guys? Chris loves the podcast. Brian loves awesome. the podcast. Um, but it, the podcast talked about, oh, where'd we go, Jake? The podcast talked about um, zooms into the future. What you tell yourself consistently in your identity. Okay. And telling yourself, there's a difference between telling yourself you're an entrepreneur and telling yourself I'm a world class entrepreneur who helps other people change their lives. Boom. 
right? And telling yourself that, oh, I see. And telling yourself that on a consistent um, basis mm -hmm. as to compared to just telling yourself something basic. And he's like, and then as soon as you start telling yourself those things, then you start to live up to it. And that's when those affirmations do start coming into play, right? So I go, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I just build houses. And we talk about this a lot. Like, oh, no, I build houses for the Pope. And I hope the Pope impact millions of different people's lives. And I'm an amazing bricklayer. If you tell yourself that every day and then you start to absorb that identity and say, oh, no, I'm, I'm a world-class investor, business owner, father, and philanthropist. Mm -hmm. And then you start acting as is. You are those things because I'm like, okay, I'm telling myself that on a consistent basis instead of just saying, oh, yeah, you know, I'm an investor. Like, what are you telling yourself internally? And then it goes into the whatever you tell yourself and whatever preoccupies your mind on a consistent basis. That's who you become. See that. Right. And so he talked a lot about identity in a book that's really good on it. It's Psycho-Cybernetics. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> the dude who wrote it, it was, I think it was by Maximum Maltz. And our company is actually starting to read it this week. And he talks about how when someone would get plastic surgery, and it would just be a minor thing, just the way they saw themselves change their lives forever. And it went really, really high. Because mm -hmm. now they see themselves in a new light and they tell themselves something different every day. Yeah. Right. So now, okay, my nose. So what they say, bad. are you saying what they say is the equivalence of plastic surgery? No, the dude would do general. like, so like, let's say I had a little thing like right here. Yeah. I wanted it removed. Yeah. You're insecure about it. And I'm insecure about it and I get it removed. And so now I automatically see myself in a better light and I'm telling myself a new story every day about myself. Over one procedure. Over one procedure. That you internalized. That I internalized. And yeah. so now that I've internalized that and created a new identity, you start acting as if with that new person. Mm -hmm. who you've created yeah that's a wild thing to think about like when you are with affirmations and helping your children create an identity about themselves and even about you what are you thinking about what are you telling yourself what are you telling yourself acting as if what and that that was um it's a really good podcast with russell brunson and some other guy they talked about and i know like napoleon napoleon hill talks about it a lot psycho cybernetics is like one of the best books ever on it joe Dispenza is really good on it yeah, uh, Jason just just referred that to uh, I reached out to him about it, too, um, because it, it it's you talk about like uh, affirmations and manifestations and frequencies around you and just what they say, like ebbs and flows and stuff like that of life. And um, it's it's super deep, dude. But it's like it's it, um, it's 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 wild of how on point it is. Or it's the craziest thing ever because now you can sit there and you can think mm -hmm. about like, okay, well, what I'm and like today, I've been in a funk for like the last two weeks and like I'm riding the Peloton and just going through all of these different thoughts that I've been having. Like, why are you feeling this way? Why are you talking to yourself this way? What is going on? Diving deeper. That's the benefit of the Peloton. That's the benefit of the Peloton. I, I, I honestly, I really believe that. Like, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like isolated, 45 it's isolated minutes, on 45 minutes on it. Like it's, it's, it's freaking amazing. Like and not even just doing the class because I do love the classes, but like if you just go on one of those little trails, some I just do the blank screen with the with the timer up there and start going and, and I just go and I just think and then just so many things. It's so many times I want to just hop off because I think about something that's like oh shit, I got, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but <clears throat> thinking. So it's usually I would say if you're having like a you know kind of you're in a funk or something like yeah. that, I don't think you're spending enough time with yourself. But and like enough time with yourself, and I go to like a float tank. Mm -hmm. I will go take some mushrooms. And the reason I take mushrooms before you guys think I'm a drug addict, <laughs> it forces me to be really introspective and analyze all of my thoughts. Yeah. Like and really like self-reflect and be like, all right, motherfucker, what is going on here? Why do you feel this way? What is going on? Like, let's 
Let's reflect on this emotion that you've been pushing back mm. over the last three weeks that's happening here. Let's like, okay, let's unfold that bitch. What is going on here? That's powerful as hell because I think as men, we don't do we don't do that or we don't we don't grow up to think that way. No. Of why you feel that way. You know what I mean? Like that's that's your thoughts will translate into your life. Yeah. You know, why what why are you feeling this way? What is it that was done? So going into a situation as we're talking about kind of like just speaking or just analyzing as men, analyzing how you feel, voicing how you feel, voicing what made you feel this way. I think, you know, there's a there's a stigma of being soft when you start talking about your feelings and stuff like that again. Yeah. Um, but there was a situation um where it was it was my brother and it was a situation that he was kind of going through with someone and nothing nothing major, but it was just like, you know, well, why were you acting that way with her? You know what I mean? And he was like, Because you know, this happened, this happened, and I'm like, but how did that that really like affect you? Like it really like you knew you, you just didn't like hearing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so then I told him, I'm like, at the end of the day, like you either like the person or you don't, you know? And I said, and so just cause you're in your feelings, you're going to blow the person off. And then what happens if this person goes somewhere else, then you're really going to be in your feelings, right? Because you bumped all that because you was, you was salty. Yep. You know what I mean? I always joke around and say all the seasons in the cabinet and you chose salt. You know what I mean? And I said, so just, you don't have to call. You don't have to say it in person, but like just text the person, be like, hey, I'm sorry about how I felt, you know, how, how I was acting. You know what I mean? Like when you did this, it made me feel this way. I was just in my feelings. I said, I guarantee you it works. You know, and it's funny because the next the couple of next days afterwards, man, they all hugged up. And I'm like, see, like that's that's the difference. And I think when you're young, you don't you don't understand the importance of telling somebody how you feel. No one, no one just knows how you feel. They just see exactly. how you respond to something Never and, and they judge you based off of your response to it. Just tell them, what do you have to lose? I mean, what do you, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose by telling someone, you know what, when you said this, you know, it hurt my feelings. This is how it made me feel this way. If anything, they're going to have more of a respect for you because you were able to internalize your feelings and voice and voice them. And now I understand you. And I mean, I'm going to take this somewhat of a different route of being able to say sorry and swallow your ego. Yeah. I know I know of two different situations that are in my life personally of like friends and family members who've gone through this with a significant person in their life, not significant other, but significant person mm-hmm. of the person fucking up all the and like being really rude or a dick or whatever and never saying sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, all it does is just build up over time mm-hmm. and then it just creates resentment. Yeah. It's, they Everyone may act like it's okay. But it will all come to a boiling point, I promise you. Or there will be a 100% it will. Right? Like there's all those things in there. So if you are one of those assholes who never just admits that you're wrong, mm-hmm. internalize it. Like, okay, no, fuck. All right. And it, it hurts to do it, bro. It hurts to say, I was wrong. I handled this situation wrong. Mm-hmm. My son, I'm sorry I yelled at you. Right? Even those, like, right? When you snap on your kids. Yeah. Like, hey, fucker, stop. Mm-hmm. Zeno, stop. Oh, I'm sorry, but I kind of lost my temper there. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to do that. That, that still takes a lot. Oh, yes, they do. Right? It takes a lot. Because mm-hmm. more, more times than not, they are fucking up. But, <laughs> <laughs> but your response to it could But your response been on, to it could always level. be better. Yep. Always. And then that way you can show your kids it's okay to admit when you're wrong. You should. You should. Yeah. People respect that. You know, and, and it's funny because people always, they always say sometimes that I'm confrontational. I don't think that I'm confrontational. <laughs> but 
I tell people like for me, my biggest pet peeve is like I like I like if you're wrong, just like say you're wrong. Like it's not even like I, I told you so. Like I don't care about that moment. You know what I mean? But it's just more like just say that you thought something else or just admit that you were at fault here instead of always trying to make it seem like it's someone else. And that goes into leadership as well. You know what I mean? And so like when they're just like you're, you're confrontational in the sense of just like you you pick, you pick, you pick. I'm like, because it blows my mind that they just won't admit that it's fucking them. Like, and that's the one thing that really just like pisses me off because it's just like, it's okay to fail. It's okay to be wrong, but I can't stand someone who cannot take accountability. I fucking hate it. I don't, I try not to, I don't think there's anyone in my life right now who would not take accountability for their actions. Yeah. Like we fire anybody who can't take accountability. Um, and I don't, um, Brian, I don't think it's afraid that they're, I don't think they're afraid to look dumb. I just think they're afraid overall. Like to, they, but that's image. Image. Image on what someone's going to think about them being wrong. But then their perception of who's around them is different, is wrong then. Yep. You know what I mean? Or they do have, you know, they have too many wrong people around them. You know what I mean? Like you should be able to thrive around the people that you're around because you can admit when you're wrong or that you fucked up on something. We have our meetings with um, with Dean, Dean and his team, right? And something to come up and it's a lead that I was supposed to follow up on. And I'm sitting here going through and I'm like, you know what? Like, damn, I, I just dropped the ball on that. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, and that's so hard because I, I'm I'm the leader. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, but like, I mean, let's be real. Like, I, I got an example to 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 uh to display for other people. Like, I dropped the ball on that. Like, I got caught up in some shit that really that probably wasn't even more important. You know what I mean? I'll get on that as soon as we get off this call. There's there's power in people seeing you admit when you're wrong, whether it comes with your kids, your team, um, just anybody, your significant other. That's the first thing they teach you. Like, well, I don't want to say that's the first thing they teach you in marriage counseling. I ain't never been. But like when they when you talk about problems that you have in like relationships and stuff like that, it's usually because someone doesn't want to admit when they're wrong. Or act, yeah, or act weird or do like whatever it is. Yeah. Like, admit it, apologize, move forward. Being prideful. Yeah. People ask me if I want to go do something. Bro, I have no I, I I joke about it all the time, bro. I have no pride when it comes to comes to my marriage, bro. Hey, you hey, you want to go golf? Ah, uh, let me go ask my wife. You know, do I really need to ask her? Probably not. Like she ain't tripping off some shit like that. But like, I'm just gonna put it out there. If I don't go, it's because usually something probably happened and it wasn't worth the battle for me. So you know what I mean? Let me check. Let me check. Well, make sure my wife ain't putting nothing in the calendar, and let me just talk it over with her. Because the moment there's a slight bit of resistance, I ain't doing it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Not when worth I was younger, I would have fought the fuck out of it. It's like, what do you mean? Like you never. You always say no. Well, I just assume no. And then the moment she cool or she don't give me no pushback, or like, yeah, you should go. Like. Brown juice, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna be disappointed by it no more. I don't, I don't ever ask if anything. Like, hey, I'm gonna go do this. Is there anything on calendar that mm -hmm. I'm missing? <laughs> well, that calendar became big in our Bro, relationship. It's big. Like, for mm -hmm. scheduling out certain things, I almost scheduled an event over one of clients' family members' weddings. Mm -hmm. Like, and I mean, those are the like, those are the things that I generally check in for. I'm not as much of a, hey, can I go do this? I'm like, hey, I'm gonna mm -hmm. go do this. You need anything? This is my phone. But again, with three kids at home, it is a completely different ballgame. It is. It's a completely different ballgame. It's more, it becomes more scheduling thing and just really what this gone Monday today. Like, I'm probably not going to do nothing on Thursday or Friday with you. No. You know what I mean? Like, that's, it's unfair at that point. Yeah. It, you know and I mean? it, it becomes unfair. Yeah. And, you, and I really just try to think about stuff like that. What, what makes it unfair? Asking for help. 
Um, Cam. Cam, Cam and Darren oh, Lee. Shout out, Cam. Cam, you won the white chicks comment. Oh, yeah, she did, huh? <laughs> she, she did, did win it. Um, she posted, you know, just like everyone wrapping up the year, kind of like what the year looked like. Um, and I thought it was freaking awesome, her post, because, you know, as you guys, uh, some of you guys probably know already, they got twins. They had twins. Uh, the twins will probably be turning two soon. They're huge. Um, right? <laughs> right? But they had twins. Um, and then they have uh, uh, DJ, who's a, who's a little bit older. DJ's probably like, well, like, like six. Yeah. And so, you know, it was good to see. There was a conversation that that, that my wife and, and Cam was having because we, we bought a house next door to their old home before they moved up north. Um, and I remember we were just talking, and it was it was a, it was a date night for her and Darren. And you know, sorry guys for you know telling the story, but it's nothing like super private. But um, it was a date night for them. And, you know, her and my wife's kind of talking. They came to the Airbnb to drop off some stuff. And time, you know, they had a sitter for the kids. And you could tell they were getting ready to go to dinner. But then this Airbnb issue had came up. And so they're, they're running through little things. And as they're looking at the clock, they're realizing, like, they're almost running out of time. And she just breaks. And so this yeah. was during the time, like, they, they made the transfer over to real. Okay. Which was out of the blue, right? Yeah. I remember a lot of people, I was kind of like, damn, what the hell? Like, it was like, you know, so it was a lot going on at that time. And it threw it threw me through a loop to see it, because if you know Cam or you, you see Cam, like she just she just fucking goes. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's almost like like it's unreal to watch them work at that level. And so to see it, it humanized her a little bit for me, even though we have a great relationship with them. Like, we, you know, what I mean, we, we've talked about things before, but um, I think it was it was great to see um, how how. It humanized her, but then at the same time, thought it was dope because when you see her year wrap up, the biggest thing you realize with someone having three kids, you know, two of them being twins, and then her and Darren, you know, heading the the investing, the retail side of it, just e-commerce, just whatever it may be, you know that you have to ask for help. Yeah. And when you talk about a strong marriage, it's usually around communication, being vulnerable and stuff like that. And it's it's the same thing when it comes to business. You know, in order for you to thrive, you have to have a hell of a support system. But you can't have a hell of a support system if you're too prideful to ask for help. Oh, and so I thought that post really, um, really um, displayed kind of being able to be vulnerable, you know, and grow your business and grow your, you know, your marriage just by being able to ask for help. I love it. Dude. All right. We got a couple more people on here. Makes sense to be a leader. People are afraid to look dumb. That's why they um, won't admit that they're wrong. Those are all true things. What else do I have? Oh. As far as haters go, I got a new quote for y'all. If they don't suck your dick and they don't pay your bills, they don't matter. <laughs> if you think of, like, I mean, and I got this from Grant Cardone. <laughs> Bro, that's wild. I mean, it's wild, but I was like, oh, my God, he's right. He's like, because if they're hating on you, they're not giving you any money. Yeah. And then your spouse will be your most supportive person. Yeah. So nothing else matters. They don't suck your dick. They don't pay your bills. Keep on pushing. So and like, it's the realest shit, bro. It's the realest <laughs> shit ever. I was like, yo, yeah, he's right. Because I, I talk to people a lot about posting on social, and like they're just like, well, what's everybody gonna think? I was like, do they suck your dick? <laughs> do they pay your bills? It don't matter, bro. It don't matter. Like if they don't do one of those two things, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because if they are paying your bills, that means they're watching your content. Yeah. And then they're not sucking dick, so you're good. Yeah. So and for, for every all, person that you piss off, I mean, bro, you're resonating with five more. And for the person you pissed off, they aren't paying your bills. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what money are they giving you today? None. You just stop listening. They're irrelevant. They just stop listening. Like, <laughs> so they, what? they don't matter. Like, so what? Like, okay, on to the next. Like, who has my money? Yeah. So for those of you who do struggle with like, I because I'm still really big on posting on social, <clears throat> letting everybody know what you do. Oh, well, who's going to hate me? What if it looks bad? Blah, blah, blah. Number one, the social media news cycle is so fast. Nobody's going to remember. Like, ever. You'll probably shut down a company. People will talk about you for a day and then it's like, on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And even if you post a really, really bad Instagram thing, mm-hmm. as long as you're not trying to be derogatory to anybody else, bro, nobody put people down. Yeah. Yeah. But like, no one will remember it. Like, okay, wait, well, yeah, he posted like the stupid video one time, but like, whatever. It's on to the next. Oh, look, kind of shoddy. They'll still talk about you. They'll mention about how shitty the post was and and talk talk shit on you to their friends. And then their friends will go check out your page and go see how shitty the content was. Right. And then they'll find five videos that they love. And then they'll share it to another friend. Right. I mean, so like, it's. It's whatever, bro. Like, <laughs> you still whatever. win. Yeah. And, uh, people, and I was listening to DM about this. He's like, bro, most people worry about haters. They don't even have haters. Yeah. And again, who gives a fuck? So say it for me, Mike. I don't even know what a hater looks like. What's the rule? I, I can't say that. If they don't suck your dick, <laughs> they don't pay your bills. <laughs> they do not matter. Because the only people that matter is your family. That's all. Mm-hmm. Your family. Well, even that, even that. you said, if they don't suck your dick or pay your bills, <laughs> so you can't even say family because <laughs> they don't pay my bills either. I mean, but I'd have bills, so I can, like the bills are for them. Yeah, all my bills are for them. My bills are for my family. Yeah, that's all it is. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Where we at? We at the forty-five minute mark. You wanna wrap this up? Yeah, we can wrap this up. Uh, unless anyone has any questions or anything like that regarding real estate or just. Um, just business in general. <clears throat> we'll go ahead and answer those as we as we start to wrap it up. Um, we can talk about momentum. We can talk about momentum. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Ahead. Um, I made a post today mm-hmm. talking about whenever I feel my life is lacking momentum, one of the first things I do is I go give something away, whether it's time, energy, or money. Okay. One of those three things. Time, energy, or money to get momentum. I will go give one of those three things away because I need more momentum. Okay. And then generally. I need to go spend money on something to bring me more momentum. Like not just like go buy something, but buy something or invest in something that's like a jolt. Just give, mm-hmm. a little, just give, just give this much, get this much and then write it and then keep on going. Like you just need to do something that will create more momentum for you. And that's why I love seven, five hard mm-hmm. because it creates momentum. And then doing that giving thing when you're lacking momentum in your life automatically shifts your mindset, shifts your mindset into abundance. Yeah. Automatically. Like it's a complete shift. Yeah, that's true. It's a complete shift. Yes, it is. And so now those are two different ways. If you feel like you are in a rut and this is what I do, because no one again, I feel like I'm a pretty good entrepreneur, but I still run into ruts and I still have to master myself. Mm-hmm. One of the things I run into <clears throat> is like ruts, lack of momentum, whatever. We didn't push hard enough. So what I've learned is, okay, we got to give something away. We got to go help someone. Mm-hmm. Money, energy, time. One of those I things. That. I we, agree with that. We got to go do one of those things. I felt like I like was lacking momentum kind of in my business. And so we talked to, I talked about, it. I'm not going to say exactly what it was that paid for, but you know what I mean? Close the deal yesterday, spent that money today. You know, it was very, I'm not going to say it was reckless, you know what I mean? But it was very intentional. Like I knew like this year I wanted to make sure that. And that do these was, things intentionally. Yeah. I wanted to do it intentionally. I wanted to make sure that this wasn't going to be another year of just me kind of just, you know, wondering if thinking about doing something, it was just more like, you know what? Hey, I thought about this previously. It came up again. As soon as money comes in, I'm spending it. And that's what I did. You know what I mean? And so um, that's what this year is going to be for me. I'm trying to be very intentional on pushing this company to a different level. 
Um, I have more time than I've ever had. I'm going to make more money than I've ever have. And I'm going to spend a lot more money than I ever have. And that's just the goal for this year. I'm trying to be very intention, intentional with momentum. Bro I, bro, I got called out the other day by uh, my mentor. because like, yeah, I want to make $5 million. He was like, your cadence is not good enough to get there. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's hella smooth too your cadence your cadence he's like, he's like bro your cadence just isn't there he's like you, you gotta you gotta change he's like you gotta change number one he's like and you're not spending enough fucking money yeah it all comes down to that dude because he was like you want to make five million he's like bro we need to spend a million dollars this year alone like you need to be spending a million dollars in brand ad spend all that other stuff if you even want to crack five million he's like because i was like yeah bro i mean we've done really good and it's all been social media blah 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 and he's like, bro, you're gonna tap out your social media in like two months. Like, think about it. It's like the people who can actually pay you, mm -hmm. who are like know, like, and trust you. After that, bro, it's really, really slow growth organically. Because, mm -hmm. like, bro, we gotta grow all the companies. Like, we need to spend real money now. Yeah, like real money yeah. on stuff. If you're trying to hit five million, because I want to hit five million net, and it made me reevaluate everything I was doing. I was like, yeah, but we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. And yeah, bro, it sounds very simple. And then he's like, no, like, you're missing the component that's gonna drive it all. He's like, what is your ad budget for all of this? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God. Because like you think you're past that. Because now I know in wholesaling, if I want to make more money, I really have to spend more money. Mm -hmm. Then it all grows. It's no different now because now I feel like I'm a lot more of just a marketer. Yeah. And everything that we do. It's like this it's the most basic thing. And I didn't even think about it. So you guys want to make more money generally, especially if you're getting started out and you're like trying to like bootstrap it. Mm-hmm. Don't hold on to the money so tight because if you aren't spending money, you're probably not going to make any money. Everybody wants to do it for like no money down, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> which is great early on. It's great early on in the sense of you're still trying to figure out how to make money. But once you learn how to make money, you you got to let go of your old habits of spending money. Yeah. I mean, I've made plenty of money. And then sometimes, you know, somebody comes to me and they're just like, hey, this is forty five hundred bucks. And it's still like, oh. You know what I mean? Even though, like, when I hear 4500 bucks, I'm like, oh, you know, cool. Like, that's not bad. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I still don't spend it. Yep. So that was the one thing that I wanted to make a habit, man. They It's 5500 if you break it into some payments. It's 4500 if you do it now. Here you go. Just pay it all now. That's kind of the trap, too. Right? You break it into some payments, two, three payments. Now you spend $1,000 more. I don't, Um, when it comes to software, though, I always break it out in payments because mm -hmm. I switch software so much. Okay. Right. Because I, I've. Paid well, this is for, more of a program instead of a. Yeah. Software. I mean, that's yeah, advertising, yeah, right? But like, whenever is, yeah. you're looking at shit, and they like give you like a two month discount for like buying their software for the year, you're two. Oh months yeah, in. no, no, I break that out. I I always break. My out. my business is broken down like that too. So why would I why would I pay for a lot of things? Right, why would I? But like, you start using it, then a better thing comes out. Mm -hmm. Or like the company just now, the comps all go away. Oh, uh, and I did just put that down there and shit. What do you what do you think about that? I had I didn't look into it enough to really fuck, fuck interest. interest. That's right, McKaylee. <laughs> I love it. Um, freaking, I seen the email, and I, to me, that was one of the greatest things about the program was the comps. I think you lose a lot of value. Was, you do. I was texting someone. Like, what there. do you like? We're like. They're saying like, oh, well, you still have public record. And like, I know that, right? But, but that's where I went to you for public record. So I didn't have to go to the public record to get that information. Yeah. And then you it, provided it. And then me. in a non-disclosure state, you're kind of fucked. But it was already that way on some non-disclosure states, right? So, you would get some of it, but not all of it. But if it was a disclosure state, like we had it all right there. 
And so now the problem is, so now I got to go to the county to get the, get the record. The value that you brought me was that you went to the county and got that information and put it on this platform. I know. So Property Radar still has them. Property Radar has always had them. They're great. And then um, Property Radar and Bash Leads has them, as far as I know. I think with Prop, and this is not um, the company's fault. This is um, the MLS like switched up like a rule mm-hmm. to where like you could no longer like use their comps like through an outside source, like with an open backend or whatever. So they became more exclusive. Yeah. So they became which was kind of which is weird because I felt like it kind of was. You had to have a license to kind of right, but then like you could still pull all that data and put it into another software, and that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just went away. So their source, their their dealer went away. Yeah. So like I I think the dealer overall went away, and I'm I'm not a techno genius or whatever, but I don't. I think it I think it hurts, dude. I think. So how does everyone else get that information then? I don't know. Whether their dealer somebody different. I don't think so. That's that's one thing that I'm going to look into. Yeah. And this is us talking through something because like we literally hadn't, you know, we're, we're not freaking tech people or you know what I mean? But like this is a genuine conversation in the sense of trying to figure out what's next, because as you guys know, I mean, my ticket was down there like, right, I love PropStream. And yeah. so when I seen it, I, I didn't read into it as much because it was kind of like, you know, the bad news that you see, but you don't really want to acknowledge acknowledge it at the point in time. Um but that 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 will become an issue when it comes to looking at comps because pending isn't going to tell me shit. No, and you, <laughs> pending doesn't. You know what I mean? Doesn't, Contingent doesn't tell me shit. Like I need to know what it's sold for. And so you still have access to like public record shit, but I think um, I don't know, bro. It's kind of crazy. I mean, ever someone will figure it out. I know someone. It's technology. Someone will but figure you think it out. They would have figured it out before telling you that they don't have it no more. You think they would have figured it out after they sold their company for like one hundred eighty million? Oh, when they prop stream? Yeah, when they sell their company. Uh, like a month ago. Oh well, but everybody's still on staff. That doesn't mean shit. But I mean, like you'd think it does, but it don't. It's only for how much? Like one hundred and eighty million, I think. That's awesome. Right, SAS, SAS. Good for them. Um, you would think they'd figure it out, but now, like that's the great thing about entrepreneurship and businesses. Someone's going to see a problem. They're going to step and in. They're going to solve it. And they're going to solve it. Someone from the MLS. And then someone and is MLS gonna... might solve the solve, yeah. solve them. That's probably what they did. <laughs> they cut out all the middlemen. It was like, fuck, we can come up with an investor site. Yeah, I don't know, bro. That one's kind of wild. And everyone's like, you should be using MLS anyway. It's like, I mean, that's a jaded ass comment. You should have your license anyway. Yeah, well, you, you should have access to a realtor anyway. It's like, well, bro, I remember when I first got started, I had two family friends and I couldn't even get access to their MLS. I was like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I guys need access to your MLS. I'll pay you. They're like, no. That's wild. Like, wild. And so, I, was, I mean, yes, you make it sound like it's so fucking simple, but then you have all these other people who are trying to get into it, and you tell them, like, well, you should have access to MLS. Well, fuck you too, bitch. So do you get your license? No, I didn't get my license. Is that like a way around it? You just go get your license? No, I don't think you should get your license. I don't like the liability that it brings. I don't like the liability. I'm not trying to sit in no damn room. I and think so I'm telling you what I did was, you know, hey, you, you, know, you offered them a cash offer, and you have a license because then I'm, I'm liable to sit in one of those rooms and tell them to fuck off. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, that's tough. So you got the MLS, and then they're going to have the MLS sold. That's going to be the new brand, MLS sold for investors. Hopefully. I mean, someone will come up with it. but Maybe we should come up with it or something. Maybe. Go find somebody. Go meet somebody. Network with somebody. But as far as I know, if you guys are wondering, Batch Leads and Property Radar still have it. Okay. Use promo code Strat for batch leads. I just never really used batch leads in the right. sense of comping. 
his prop stream was so goddamn good. It was like, why would I? It was a hard push. It was a hard. It was a hard. It was yeah, you know. And it was like shit. I don't know, like, because the numbers sometimes I would get would be different sometimes, where it wouldn't show some of the stuff. And so I was just like, damn, is it really? And I heard that you can't use Zillow sold anymore either. Those are gone. Which is why. So how the fuck is it a disclosure state? Like, it's wild. I, I don't you know. think they would have just went to the damn county and got the damn sold records that way instead they do of have, using MLS. They have county records. So then, why is the whole push with MLS the whole thing? Like all that, that shouldn't even be a big issue. For the non-disclosure states, you can't even get anything from the county. Fucking non-disclosure state, like you already know it's hard there. I mean, but, but for California, I shouldn't be running into an issue. But that's with Texas, sold bro. Comps. I mean, like Texas. That's kind of wild. Texas is huge. Texas is a Te- huge. Bro, that's massive. State too. And it's a non-disclosure state. So, like, what are you going to do? I don't know what they're going to do. They should have, like, a... I mean, uh, the bigger people, obviously, just get MLS access through, like, but there's a lot of smaller people who this affected. For sure. So, so okay, so then you talk about, like, as investors, right? A lot of the stuff that's selling on the market at, at top dollar is typically an investor that came in and flipped some shit, right? So now if there's a way for investors to communicate off of what's flipped, what price it was flipped at, what, you know what I mean? And what the final sold price was just because it's an investor who did it. Like you're going to have your everyday Joe that sold a house on a neighborhood that kind of, you know, maybe instead of the 450, like if it would if it was flipped, maybe it sold at 430, which was a high comp. But as an investor, we see something sell at 430 and we're like, OK, it wasn't necessarily flipped. But it's in good condition. If I come in and flip something, it may sell for like 450. Yeah. Right. So. We may, we may not be able to see that 430 comp no more to think like, okay, maybe you can get for three, uh, 450. Um, but if we can be somewhere in the area with like recent investor flips, it gives us a little bit of something. Whereas right now we won't have anything if it's just a 430, 435 flip. You know what I mean? But if we can flip in an area where only investors are necessarily flipping and we know what investors are selling their flips for. What, so only California. California is one of the mainly only like flip places, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot Everyone of other places, buy yeah, bro, it's a buy and hold, but you just want to know what stuff. Selling at. Like, what, what can you refinance it at? Like all this yeah. other good stuff. Whatever, I got to do more cash flow than for appreciation. All right. Um, what do you want to leave them with? If you guys, since it's, it is the beginning of the year, you recommended it uh, last week. Go ahead and get the 12 week year. Highly recommend it when it comes to setting those goals and, and building momentum in your business. Um, and getting your team going and and and, and smashing some shit out. Um, but other than that, man, that's that's pretty much it. If this brought you any value, please like, share with your friends, share it on social. Go give us a five star review. And I, I post this to mine and uh, our other one. Go give us a five star review. Okay. Go follow us both on Instagram. What's your Instagram name? Um, at Michael Butler underscore Junior. What's your YouTube? Michael Butler Junior. My Instagram and YouTube is Strat Daddy. Two D's, two Y's. Strat Daddy gonna do the cat daddy. Strat Daddy. <laughs> that should be a little. You should do a little, uh, a little Jeff like that. You should be cat daddy. <laughs> cat daddy for the Strat Daddy. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Free Agent Real Estate Investing Podcast. Don't forget to give us a five-star review. If you would like to stay in touch with Stratton and myself, follow us on Instagram. And please be sure to subscribe to our Free Agent REI Podcast YouTube channel and give us a thumbs up. 